Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right, guys. Welcome back to Hot Rods and Happy Hour. Now, I'll tell you what. We're going to shift gears a little bit. Now, we were talking about the Bullet Mustang, but Odd Rod brought up a really good point. What's going on, dude? You know what? You said you'd restore the Bullet Mustang. I absolutely would restore the Bullet Mustang. Restoring the Bullet Mustang would be like painting a mustache on the Mona Lisa. You don't do that. Well, there's rumor has it that it's just a... Uh, who's the guy painting that? Leonardo, maybe? I don't... No, I think it was it wasn't, it wasn't it wasn't Leonardo. I think it was Leonardo da Vinci. I think it was. Anyhow, whoever painted, um, there's rumor that that's just he's this. a turtle. No, wrong Leonardo. <laughs> oh, there, there's just rumor that that's a he self, was a ninja. There's rumor that the Mona Lisa's a, a self portrait of him in drag. So, painting a mustache on it really wouldn't be out of the question. All right, Otter Rod, you're killing me. Art major, sorry. So you, but but you love rat rods. I do. Right. So mm-hmm. Perry Mason, you. Right. So you're telling me, let's say, you know what, I've got a nice 67 C10 pickup truck. Right. Patinaed out, bagged, slammed down on 22-inch transports. What would that be to you? Well, first of all, I don't view that as a rat rod. That's just a patina truck. And uh, pending the condition of the truck, I'd probably leave it as is. But you would restore the bullet Mustang. Absolutely. All right, now, Richard, being our Hot Rods and Happy Hour financial analyst, value-wise, do you see rat rods and patina vehicles being valuable like that and holding value, or do you see them as being popular? Both. They have a value. They lend something to the hobby in that you don't really have to make it nice. You just have to make it run. You just have to make it. Right. (laughs) It's just got to get you there um, without having to worry about rust or body work or paint or clear coat over it and you're cool. So there is a value, but it's never going to be the same as a restored vehicle. Well, and and this is where I'm getting at with this. I mean, like, I'm really weird about collector cars. I buy on value. I like my collector cars to have paint on them. The only collector car I don't want to have paint on it is a DeLorean. But you know that don't make you right necessarily. It doesn't no. make you wrong either. No, no, no. I, I agree. <clears throat> um, so you, I, I like shiny stuff too. I mean, I, I, well, I mean, don't get much shinier than a DeLorean. A car that you can clean with a Brillo pad. <laughs> Just saying. And clean good. Um, you know, go with the grain though. Go with the grain. Go with the grain. Um, no, here, here's my rule with it though. You know... That was the best thing ever, guys. I want to paint a picture for everybody right quick. When he said go with the grain, everybody in the damn studio was going like this, up and down with their hand. Well, really, like, like, that was that was classic. Really you, need to go, really, you need to go left or right. Yeah, well, you know what I'm saying. Left or right. But that's beside the point. Um, no, here's my honest opinion as far as value goes. Yeah, I like shiny cars. I like show cars. I love beautiful cars like that. But I, I look at the rat ride movement as kind of a... Um, how do you say it? It's kind of like a, you know, a Yeti coolers right now. You know, Yeti coolers are hot. You know, everybody wants one and all that. And they're cool. Don't get me wrong. And, and that's how rat rods are. They're, they're cool. Everybody wants one. Um, 
and they'll still be worth. They'll still be have their value and have their place, but they're not always going to be in the here and now. I don't think there's anything wrong with having a rat rod. All right, stop right there. Now, okay, now I want to pick this up. Now, you compared a rat rod to a Yeti cooler, and I'm glad you did that because that makes my job easier. <laughs> All right, this is a little before your time, Odd Rod, but my buddy Richard right here, me and him share years together. Thanks. All right. Which, which you're just saying you're both old. Both. Both. Yes, and you're from Michigan. That's what that says. <laughs> All right, so this is what it is. You remember members-only jackets? <laughs> yeah, I got one. <laughs> exactly. We all had one in numerous colors. All right. That was the hottest thing ever. Would you wear it today? I wouldn't, but people still do. Uh, it's usually uh, men in their 70s. Yeah, but see what I'm saying. And that's probably going to be the same people that are toting around Yeti coolers and probably the same guys that are probably going to be bringing their rat rod to the car show. Well, you know, here, here's a better comparison on a rat rod. Uh, a rat rod to me is a lot like a, uh, let's say, a low rider car or a uh, or a chopper. You know, there was a time and a place for them, and they're still got a place. Um, there's still a place for low riders. There's still a place for choppers. And there's always going to be a place for tetanus shots with rat rods around. Well, no, here, here's the thing, though. I think the value in them is going to come down to who built them and how the styling of the rat rod is, you know, or what car was used at the beginning of it. You know, I, I don't think that you're going to build a rat rod in your backyard unless you know something about what you're doing, kind of like building a chopper in your backyard and you just built a $60,000 rat rod. I don't think that's going to happen. But, you know, there's rat rods out there that have value because of who built them. Well, and, I don't understand and, and that, but you said it right there, a $60,000 rat rod. We're in great car territory at $60,000. Yeah. And $60,000, if I came home with a car that didn't have paint on it, and it wasn't three DeLoreans, something should be wrong but with But, you me. know, if it's a rat rod that Jesse James, one of Jesse James' first rat rods he built or something like that, I think the value will be there in years to come, just like choppers. You know, if it's some of the original choppers that Orange County built or Jesse James, again, built. If Jesse James was in the trunk of the rat rod, I wouldn't give 60000 for it. But you know what? There's people. Sandra Bullock, maybe. There's some people out there that wouldn't give sixty thousand for the, some things you like, and and that's why. And and that's what makes it different. That's what makes this hobby so awesome because it's so diverse. Well, it's just like it's just like um, it's just like the Mustang we're talking about, the Bullet Mustang. I personally have no use for a rusted out '68 Mustang. I don't care who owned it, who drived it, what movie it was in. It doesn't mean that much to me. But to someone, who drived it. But to someone, that's a million dollar car. And, and there is. And I mean, there's an ask for every seat. Now, obviously, I understand that. Obviously, the owners of the cars now think it's invaluable because they can't even hang a price on it. I'm going to tell you right now, if uh, I had that Mustang I don't and you think it's at, hanging a price. I think it's sentimental. To what? I the family. The family. I mean, the dad loved the car. The son's got the car. The mom drove the car. I mean, it's a family heirloom. That's great. You know what? My mom drove a, you know, a uh, 1986 Buick Estate wagon. I don't want it back. No, you Why? just bought a 91 Caprice wagon. I would think you would love an 86 estate wagon. I'll be They're honest kinda with ugly. you. The Buick nose is kind of ugly. That's that's what I'm getting at. <laughs> like the Caprice one isn't. No, it's way better, way better. The, the 91, there was a lot of modifications to the body. Did it have wood grain? Uh, yes, it did. It was. It, actually, it's still kicking around. Was it blue? It was. They're all blue. <laughs> it was. And it guess the interior color while you're at it. <laughs> blue. There you go. There you go. This is this is, the, and I've never told Richard about this car ever. That's either a Chris Richard has another quality we didn't know about. He's psychic, or 
He's been around a day or two. <laughs> or every 86 Buick Estate wagon was blue. With blue guts. And yeah, here's a better story. We had an uh, 85 uh, Capri station wagon, too. You want to take a guess on the color combination on that? The interior was burgundy. No, you're actually off. Really? It was blue on blue, no wood grain. All right. Well, that's not fair. Same blue. <laughs> <laughs> that's not fair. Which happens to be really, really, really close to the same blue that's sitting on your 65 Malibu. Really? It is, yeah. Actually. It's very, very close. To, I, you know what, honestly? It's a mist blue. Which, you know, it, we're getting way off topic, but I really don't care because this is funny. Yeah, I had a uh, 95 um, Tahoe two-door Z71. Very cool um, Tahoe. And it was almost that exact, exact same color. Well, I mean, you got to think about it. GM recreates colors. I mean, it may be a shade or two difference, but light blue. They've stuck with that one for the years. Yeah, but it's and it and it does transition through the years. You know, Miss Blue changed. You know, of course, you know they was used all across the board. Buick, Pontiac, everybody used that color. Just had a different name, but it was the same exact color. Right. All right, I got one for you, Richard. I'm gonna stump you. All right. Chevrolet's most popular color, Hugger Orange. Which is on your '69 Camaro, seen on the Chevelles, and it all that. It's not on the General. It's also Lee. on the General. <laughs> but it was not on the General Lee. What did Pontiac call that color? It's the same color, but they called it by a different name. So your judges were this color. The judge is the only Pontiac they can think of that would have been painted that color. Uh, carousel orange. Carousel red. Carousel red. That's right. Yeah, I'm telling He's you. He's a smart man. He. I, if, if I'm playing Car Jeopardy, he's with me. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm telling you. But this is the thing that's really cool about this, though, is that, you know, these values of these cars, this is what drives me crazy. All right, Richard, you're in banking, and I came to you with a rat rod. I'll tell you what. Hold that thought. Hold that thought. I hate to do this to you, but you know what? We got to pay other bills. Speaking of banking, we need some monies. (laughs) Yes, we need some monies. All right, guys, stay tuned. We got a lot more coming at you right here on Hot Rods and Happy Hour. On 106.3 WORD. All right, guys, welcome back to Hot Rods and Happy Hour. It's Rob Pitts, Odd Rod. What's happening, dude? And, of course, we got Richard, the Hot Rods and Happy Hour financial analyst on board today. All right, so I was talking to Richard. If I come to you with my... 39 Dodge Rat Rod with a f- international farm all grill on it and a bed that's lined with stop signs and with def- mailboxes. Sitting on an S10 chassis. With sitting it. on an S10 frame with a 305 with a mailbox for an air cleaner. <laughs> and it's my Rat Rod, and it's a hit at all the local cruise ends. How much money can I borrow on it? Literally nothing. See what I'm talking about? Value. Now, so, if you so, bring a car in there, hang, hang on, hang on. I got to stop Richard here. Now, what is causing you from halting the value here? Because a 37 Dodge in it, or a 39 Dodge in and of itself actually carries some value to it. What if we're talking about a 32 Ford here, a true Henry Ford stamped metal body that's you know rusted out? But under the hood sits you know a, a big block you know a 429 Cobra jet, and this thing's I mean where the hell is these rat rods at with 429 Cobra? We got a six hundred thousand dollar engine in a six thousand dollar car. All right, well you know what? All right, fine. It's got a 351 Windsor motor sitting in it, you know, and it's it's rat rotted out, but it is a genuine 32 Ford. I mean, what? There's got to be some value sitting there. There is value. Um, anything like that, any old car, uh, there are specialty 
lenders that would deal in that sort of thing. Uh, you're probably not going to be able to walk into your local bank and get a loan on a 39 rat rod or even a 32 Ford for that matter, because unfortunately, banks don't realize the value that lies in antique vehicles. Well, I think at some point in time, you're going to have to get an appraiser to step in. And, and I think and this, that's a hard job on a rat rod because now you're appraising part value, not really vehicle value. Well, you know, I, I think this is where your builder comes into play. You know, who built the car? Um, you know, what's special about what makes this one different from the rest of them? I think that's where things like that come into play. You know, did Steve Darnell out of Vegas Rat Rods build it? I'm going to tell you something. I want to let Steve Darnell build me a doghouse. It's going to have a diesel something. in it. Yeah, really. Because <laughs> it's probably going to leak oil anyway. But you know what? There, there's plenty of people out there that will let Steve Darnell build whatever they want. What's be- that thing in, in the Bible? What a fool and his money will soon be separated, or something. <laughs> I think that is something in there. But yes, it's something biblical. It, this is not the show for that. But oh, <laughs> we don't abide by the rules that well. Joshua nine fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, I, think good. Was, I, think, I think that was Ecclesiastes. <laughs> it may have been. Right. It might have been the book of Ezekiel. I'm not sure. All right, when you guys get to hell, make sure they got a good HVAC guy <laughs> before I get there. I'll have Michael Bentley on the phone. <laughs> but no, in, in all seriousness, though, there has got to be some sort of uh, value to these. It's got to be based off something. I mean, you know, it's funny when we judge car shows, kind of like Russ, this points for you. You know what I mean? It's kind of like reverse judging. There no, has no, to, that's how you judge. You got to be fair. That's how I judge also. The world isn't fair. But, you know, there, it's just another style. I mean, that's like giving the mini trucking guys a bad rep when really there's more fabrication in a mini truck well, than so, there is in a NASA space shuttle. Well, I want <laughs> quality fabrication. <laughs> Sometimes. But, yes, I'm a mini trucker fan because I see the quality that goes into to the, a lot of these builds. But and the, I understand that. That same quality co- crosses over into rat rods, just not always. Not always. Just like not all mini trucks are created equal also. And, and, rat rods, it does make a difference what they're based on. You know, if you clear coat your 88 Chevy Beretta and throw <laughs> some black wheels on it, Technically, you have a rat rod. It's still only worth eight hundred bucks. You know, I, I disagree. Eight hundred? Well, y'all lend it. <laughs> that would be that would be a very nice. Y'all doing one hundred and thirty percent loans now or something? <laughs> uh, you know, to me, that's not a rat rod, though. To me, that just no, doesn't no, no, qualify. You just got to put anyone, some red on it. Yeah, to anyone, that's not a rat rod. Eighty-eight Beretta is not even really a car. <laughs> we serve a valid point there yeah. too, but uh, uh, okay. It's a ghost of a shell so, of an automobile. So before I had the LS wagon, I had another '91 Caprice wagon on bags that was flat black with red scallops. I didn't consider that a rat rod. I just that was to me it was styled in a more traditional way. Um, but you know, I don't think that ups the value just because it's flat black. If anything, it takes away from. Not I th- really. You're it's, talking about a 91 Caprice wagon. Uh, it may have up the value. Yours was probably yeah, cooler yeah, yeah. than the, I would, it may have up the, than the one across the street. <laughs> it's kind of like it's kind of like a dog turd. Whether it's painted flat black or it's not, I don't think you really hurt the value. You know what I mean? But it's you, worth the same. But you know, laying jokes aside on this, though, I mean, to me, I think it, it really depends on what the rat rod is. You know, and it does, and I mean, there's there's patina how, rods, and there's so many layers. How well to was it built? You know, the, it's like the one that um, Billy Gibbons bought with uh, you know Z, uh, guitarist and ZZ Top. 
He paid an undisclosed amount for that car, which I'm going to say crawled up there pretty high because he liked it so much. And it was one of the first real big... It was kind of the car that kind of put rat rods on the map, if you will. And, and so we're, we're blaming Billy Gibbons for this. Yeah, I think we can. Um, I will never listen to ZZ Top again. Don't say that. We'll be playing all car show season long. But racing uh, tush from my library. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm deleting legs from my iTunes playlist as we speak. <laughs> well, I'll be listening to the grunge rolling in a rat rod. So, but no, I mean, I, I, I think there, you know, there's, there's good value, and it depends on how nice of the car it is. Like Robbie Spence, he's got the Hubmobile. That's a great car. There's it nothing, is it is a great car, it's but cool. it, it is a rat rod, and it's but it's not a ratty rat rod. It's just a flat black well, car, and it's relatively slick with a big block Chevrolet. That's where we have to draw the line and the difference. A ratty rat rod, you know what? It can have surface rust. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Well, that's patina. But if there's if there if the car if is falling apart, that's bad. Yeah, if the car is falling apart while you're going down the road, that's the difference. And just like with anything else, you know, there's nothing wrong with having a low rider, but when you're sitting there hopping it and there's parts flinging off of it, I don't think you have a very nice low rider. You'll need to be spitting the spokes out of your Dayton's. Exactly. So I, I think the value is going to come into, yeah, you can have a rat rod, but it can still be a nice rat rod. You could, <laughs> if traditional rat rod, no, you can't have a nice one, in my opinion. Patina well, car, well, totally. Well, now let's go back to the guy who had the very first rat rod, the editor with Hot Rod Magazine. He had a 32 Ford that was just in primer because he never got around to painting well, it. Well, you're talking about Gray with his 32 Ford that he had since 1971. Yeah. And then that's and, a whole and other that, ball that coined the phrase rat rod. So is a rat rod truly just rust and all that, or is it a car in progress? I think it leans more towards the car well, in progress. You know, and I think it's really funny that they were actually talking to uh, Gene Winfield about this. And Gene Winfield was talking about, you know, the rat rod craze. And he said, you know, this stuff has been took way out of proportion. It has. He said the only time back in the day when you seen a car riding around in primer is because it was waiting to be painted. Well, and I agree with that. People didn't. That wasn't the last step. You know, it wasn't like, I'm done, when they put the primer gun down. That's it. It could just be a car that is needing to be finished. Maybe the intent of the owner is still to Yeah, but we got, car, we got cars riding around that need to be started. I mean, I mean, there's, just, I mean, there's, there's holes there. You well, know? well, a guy once said one time to me, and I thought this was so great, and it kind of sums up the rat rod thing, is uh, when are we going to build nice cars again? I love it. Just like Barry McGuire. What do you think about rat rods? I sell wax. I like shiny cars. <laughs> exactly. All right, guys. I'll tell you something else. we got to sell some more of these commercials. Stay tuned. we got a lot more Hot Rods and Happy Hour. Right here on 106.3 WORD. All right, guys. Welcome back to Hot Rods and Happy Hour. This is Rob Pitts. Hot Rod! What's happening, dude? All right. So now we're talking, and Richard's already helped me debunk value in most rat rods. Ralph the Bad. Mm. And now an appraisal, and depending on the car, and you know, like I said, there's so many levels to a rat rod. So, all right, we're shifting gears. You know, we're talking about inflated markets, and the rat rods are inflated. But let me tell you about the king of inflating. If this guy was any more inflating the market, he they would name him, he'd be the wolf. He's the wolf of Barrett Jackson, Dennis <laughs> Collins. <laughs> Dennis and Collins. Dennis Collins, which is Richard Rollins' right-hand man at Gas Monkey Garage, and he owns... Well, he's not his right-hand man. That was Aaron. Well, no, no. He really is his right, because he's the money man. Well, that's not proven you know, anymore. Dennis Collins Dennis Collins can buy and sell Richard Rollins if he'd like. 
I mm. promise you that. He owns Collins mm. Brothers Jeeps and a lot of other things there in Dallas. Pull up net worths. He's got the most expensive Jeeps in the world. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and sells them on the daily. That's just because I'm an exploited market. Well, not an exploited market, which, I mean, Jeeps have always been hot and they've had that niche thing. But Dennis Collins, because of his popularity of his silver-headed friend, has really, really banked on this. Um, Dennis Collins' favorite saying is, Holy Grail. And every other week, he finds the holy grail of something, whether it be the holy grail of C-10 trucks or the holy grail of Corvettes or the holy grail of Ferraris. The and holy grail of Tan 86 Thunderbirds. Exactly. Well, hang on. I'll debunk Dennis Collins for you in a second. It's not that hard. <clears throat> He's figured it out. He's got, and I'm sure, a team of people who do nothing but research cars and research numbers on cars and find out what the one of one is. And, you know, find out that niche car, what the one's lowest production number is. And he goes out, and then he's got a team that goes out and finds them. And then he goes and buys them to unsuspecting buyers who don't may not realize what they have, may not realize that that right option out 84 Fox Body Mustang is a one-of-one car. He buys them, exploits them for what they really are, and sells them at a high price you know, on auction because of his name and, you know, his acclaim to fame and what people know him for and people know him for for finding these great one-of-one cars, and he's just rocking that. I mean, there's nothing there's nothing wrong with what he's doing. He's smart. He's ahead of the curve. He's beating everybody else to the game that they're trying to play. Well, well no, no, no. But nobody's playing this game like him. Dennis Collins has invented this game, and this is what he's doing now. All right, so he's taking his popularity. I wouldn't necessarily say popularity because there's a lot of people who has no idea who he is. Yeah, but there's a lot of people that know who he is. Though. I would say I would say he's probably more well known at Barrett Jackson than anywhere else. He's more well known, I believe, because of the Jeep place and of Gas Monkey. In my personal opinion, and he's because he, he's not a buyer at Barrett. He's a he does buy at Barrett Jackson, but he doesn't buy like like Ron Pratt or any of those guys do. This this is the thing. No, he's Ron a Pratt seller. buys off him. He's a seller. <coughs> and this is the thing you got to think about. And there's nothing wrong with that. But he comes in and he makes these videos, whether it's on Instagram or Facebook. You know, of course, you pull up any of the Dennis Collins pages. His latest thing, and which Bear Jackson this week, we can talk about it, is the Fox Body Mustang. You right here and right now, he's talking about the early Fox Body. But actually, he's already spanned it all the way to 93. He had a 79, and he didn't have an 81. Or an 80 or 81 because they didn't make a GT. All right. But he had a 79 Cobra. They did make an 80 and 81 Cobra. Uh, they had a 4.2 V8. Yeah, but I'm talking about the... They had like 70 horsepower. Right. They had, it was horrible. <laughs> but, uh, you know, he had, like I said, he had a 79 Cobra, which is wild. Had lime had a lime green snake on the hood of it. White, black, and lime green. But... um. And he bought this supposed one owner car. He's talking about the fog lights are on. I'm trying to remember the name of the fog lights. They actually used them on Jeeps too, and they're they're rare. You don't see them anymore. But he like the must the early Mustang guys raked him over the coals because he made a comment saying the fog lights themselves were worth about fifteen hundred dollars just for a set of those. Marshall, there you go. And this was the funny. Damn, he's good. Yeah, he's good. And I swear he has not picked up his phone yet. No. But the thing that's crazy about this is. Somebody commented on there, and they'd be like, well, you'll get 1500 set. I got about 10 sets I'd love to sell you because, you know, they actually used them on this, this, and this. They're really not even that rare. They just quit making them a long time ago. So 
you know, kind of like your T three headlights. It, exactly. Yeah. Oh my God, it's got them T three headlights. Every T three headlight in the world was in the trash can. It would hurt my feelings a bit. Nope, I'd pull them out and throw them in the trash can but, for you. I mean, it's it's a it's a it's a damn glass headlight. Yeah. Trash it. Yeah. Because the first time you bump into something, it's going to break anyhow. Well, so. Well, with you, that's very possible. <laughs> but but you see what I'm getting at, though. So he's blown up this market. And I'll never forget he brought an 82 on there. This is actually one of the cars that ran through Bear Jackson this past week. He brought an 82 GT on there, and he was talking about it was a 10,000-mile car, and it was bought in you in Knoxville, Tennessee. And he had all the bill sheet. But before he got the Marty report on it, he started running his cake hole about it. And those Mustang guys, they take that stuff serious. Them four-eyed Mustang guys... All five of them, I'm telling you, they get excited. And he run his mouth about one thing. That car had louvers on the back of it. That car didn't come factory with louvers on it. They were put on it. He said that car had factory-installed louvers. And they they shut him up right quick. And he actually fought this guy online going back and forth saying, no, I'm right. And the Marty Report comes out and says, actually, no, it didn't come with louvers. Weren't all louvers aftermarket? I don't think any I of think them they were all aftermarket. Like dealer installed. Or dealer installed. Yeah. And then he also said the car had a, uh, it was an original radio delete car. Martyr Report comes back, and it was not a radio delete car. This, These are things right here. you got to have your ducks in a row when you start throwing them kind of numbers out and saying holy grail about things. And then you got, you know, and a Marty Report, you know, for the Mustang guys is the is the sacred scroll of staying knowledge. But, you know, so and he's got a GT, not an 80 and 81, but 80, a 79 and 82, 83, 4, 5, 6, all the way to 93. He has a GT or LX50 Mustang, all five speeds, and he all sitting in Barrett Jackson, and not one of them has over 5,000 miles on it. <laughs> That's insane. They're out there. Four of them put together don't have 5,000 miles on them. Some, a few of them. There's yeah. four of them that you could get, and they don't combined don't have 5,000 miles on them. I mean, you think about for a 93, a 25-year-old car. That really isn't I mean, he's worth that much. Beat the butt. Well, no, because he's making them popular. And these cars, he's hitting at a great time because these, these guys that wanted these cars in high school that couldn't afford them then have the job to buy these cars. And that's why you see them bringing 80 grand. I mean, who in their right mind, other than Odd Rod, would pay $80,000 for any car made in 1993 American? You know, um, I think I can stand in the group of people who wouldn't. I mean, that I'll, I'll give you that. High five. Uh, yeah. You're growing I, up. Maybe a ZR1 with twenty five grand in the trunk. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if it was three ZR1s well, there, I wouldn't give that four. E- even if you wanted to hit me below the belt on the uh, B-Body craze, uh, 92 was the year for the mule car. So in 93, no, there's not a chance of it. But I'm just saying, uh, I mean, a production car that was made. Hell, I'll give you a production car that was made from 1979 to 1993. I would not give. I don't give. I don't care if it had negative miles on it. I wouldn't give a hundred thousand dollars for it. I mean, well, right now on Craigslist, you talk about ZR ones. Right now on Craigslist, our buddies over at Vet City, they've got a nineteen ninety ZR one with twenty two thousand miles. I can buy for nineteen nine. 
That's true. Around twenty grand seems to be the going rate for yeah. But, but uh, just, I mean, this is a perfect perfect vet. This is not a seventy nine Mustang with one hundred and fourteen horsepower. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sitting over here racking my mind on your statement between seventy nine and what what was ninety three ninety three G and X would be the only thing. I could and think I mean, of. it would have to be super low miles signed by ASC. The, the right whole, the right number car. Oh, it would have to be like the first one off the bold and or the last. Like, yeah. I mean, it would have to be like Michael Jackson owned it, and a hundred thousand dollars is a lot of money. You know, and, honestly, uh, and, that, and, that, and that chip he had has to be in a trunk. <laughs> you know, honestly, I think the GNX car is about the only one through it's, those years. That, it's the only thing I think of that's even close. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think the GNX is going to hit a hundred K. I think it might go all around it. Well, it, I mean, that's proven. You just had the last one made hit. Uh, two hundred and what two ten or two twenty thousand? Two ten at Meekum. So yeah. Well, yeah. So I mean, and it, it was number five forty seven. Oh, so, five forty seven. Yeah. So so we're okay. GNX. Okay, I'll give you one. The out. right numbered GNX. I mean, that's I think insane. it had to be the last one. You think one about it. One. And I mean, it's also the last Grand National ever made. Not even just the last GNX. Uh, the last Grand Nationals went to ASC McLaren to be converted. So it's the last Buick Grand National ever made. So I, I yeah I think either that car or the very first one would be your two, you know unless there were some right specialty ones along the middle that got something that none of the rest did. I honestly I think that's it during that time frame. All right, so I mean I mean that and that's the thing. But these cars are bringing this money. These are Fox Body Mustangs bringing this. This is historic record numbers. These cars are bringing. And I tell you what, guys. You know, these are record numbers, and we got a lot more to talk about because this is a good thing for the hobby, but this is also can be a very bad thing. Stay tuned to Hot Rods and Happy Hour. Right here on 106.3 WORD. All right, guys, welcome back to Hot Rods and Happy Hour. We're talking about Dennis Collins and his big pack of very, Mustangs. very, <laughs> very profitable ponies in his stable that they ran through ponies, very like profitable ponies that ran through his stable this or from his stable through Barry Jackson this week. Um you know the thing that's crazy about these cars is you know we're talking about this market. I mean these cars are bringing record numbers. And I'm talking about it wasn't like they just you know been slowly going up in value. They went from $10,000 cars well, to $80,000 cars in know, a week. You know, we've talked about this before, future collectors, and I think this and proves our fact right here is that, you know, there is going to be value one day. That somebody gets online and markets the hell out of them and gets everybody excited, hey, builds it up. There's no value there. Whatever it takes, man. Whatever it and takes. I, I'm a salesman. I'm all about it. But this is where he's at. He's blowing all this smoke at everybody, and he's building this is fake he though? value in these cars. There's no value in something with an 8-track player, period. But there's going to be. It's got a stick-on snake on the hood. We've we've talked about this before, because the, the, one day you're not going to be able to buy a 56 Chevrolet anymore. They're gone. Or they're in somebody's collection. You'll never be able to own one again. So what's going on from there? And besides, you know, typically a kid from my generation, a kid my age, when he grows up, he's not going to want a 56 Chevrolet. He's going to want an 86 Mustang, because that's what he grew up remembering. That's what he well, went to school in. That was his first car. That's what he's going to want. And but that's now what he's we're going, going further along now. All right, so we got this car that's $80,000. All right, okay, I'll give you a perfect <laughs> example. All right, Richard. Now, which car are you sold, sold for eighty eight grand? Which one you were talking about? Didn't you say it was like the 82 GT? 
Uh, yeah, one of them went, uh, I think it was like an 82 or an 84 GT. It went for like 75 or something. Okay. Just some stupid number. All right, so we got $75,000. We're talking about an 85 Mustang GT, a carbureted 200 horse gilded pony, if you catch my drift. Not even. Yeah. Five speed. I mean, just, it's it's a Mustang. And they're nice cars. These are low mileage cars. I've had uh, three of them. Yeah, I've had a couple myself in my teenage you, days. You don't look like you're sitting on a quarter million over there, neither. <laughs> no, no. Uh, I think the most I paid for mine was, uh, I think I paid like six grand for the nice one. But I mean, I mean, look, it's like first you missed out on the Mustangs, then Bitcoin. I mean, come on, Richard, jump on the train, son. But this is the problem. I'd rather invest in Bitcoin than these Mustangs, and I'll tell you why. The man that paid seventy five thousand dollars for that Mustang will never see the other side of that deal. No, no, never that, come out on the other end of it. At all, that's a loss. If he <laughs> lived to be a hundred, that man loves eighty four Mustangs more than anybody else on the planet. I mean, unless your daddy invented those damn things, I don't see why this car would be so special to anyone. You know, and I agree with your statement there, but I think it, I think it wakes up people because. You know, these are the future collectors, and now I don't think you'll ever sell another $74,000, well, 86 Mustang, but I think you're going to start seeing them climbing into that $30,000 range, the I, right ones, checking the I right boxes. I wouldn't give $74,000 for everyone in the state of South Carolina. <laughs> I wouldn't either, but I'm not that guy who wants one either. But, but this is the thing that's crazy about but this car, okay, but you just said, yes, they are a future collector. If the man bought the car for twenty five grand. Thirty grand, even. I say, you know what? He can hang on to it. The market's going to catch back up with this inflated rate at seventy-five grand. Unless you live to be three hundred and fifty years old, it will never will. Even if you think about cars that are already valuable, yeah, seventy-five thousand dollars would buy you the nicest LS five Chevelle SS probably on the planet. Seventy-five grand. We're in convertible fifty-seven Chevrolet. Right, money. right. And you bought an eighty-four GT Mustang. <laughs> you bought a Mustang that goes slower zero to sixty than my daily driver. Does. It don't even have T-tops. You know, I mean, it's just seventy-five grand should have T-tops. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a deal breaker. But you know, at the end of the day, then it comes down to how bad do you want it? You know. Well, um, no, no, we're not talking about want. We're talking about value. Well, value comes in want. Want no, value sets that co- value. Value comes in demand, not Value wants. comes in want once. Well, well ev- evidently, there was two people demanding to own that car, I'm and on, they set the value for it. It was a male reproductive organ. Measuring competition? All day is all that was. It don't, it don't matter, inflated or not, they set the value for that car. Now, whether or not they'll ever be able to get that value back is another story, but it's proven the fact that there is worth in those cars. And there is. There's worth in anything. There's worth in recycled carpet padding. Yeah, yeah but, well, we can nitpick back and forth all day long, but you get what I'm saying. These cars are, are hitting the market. These cars are now becoming a collectible, a valuable car. Whereas at one time, no, they weren't. Where at one time, you could have probably slick talked that guy out of that car for about eight grand because that's all it was yeah, worth. Yeah, Dennis Collins did it two weeks ago. Well, <laughs> and you're probably right, but. He exploited the value that was there. But I mean, and that, and that's the thing. I mean, I mean, you gotta understand. I mean, I, I and I don't want to say too much here and get way ahead of ourselves or offend half the state. Well, but, okay, no, no, no. Stop right there. Look at your truck. Your truck is without a shadow of a doubt a one of one truck. Right. We know this. It's worth more 
than another 72 GMC Sierra Grande. Right. But this is the you thing. You can add value to it because of the boxes that was checked and because of the mileage that's on the truck and everything. It adds more value to it than the one set next to it. All Dennis Collins did is exploited those numbers and shot them and marketed it to be way above and beyond what it actually is. And he set a new value and proved the fact that the car actually has a worth to it to someone out there. Anyhow. There's no way. Okay, now, all right. Now, I'm glad you brought that point out. 67 through 72 C10 trucks are red, razor, on fire, rocket thruster hot right now. Oh, I agree. Everybody's in agreement. C10 trucks, I mean, when you see square bodies picking up like they have, C10 trucks are smoking hot right now. There is no way humanly possible that an 84 Mustang GT will ever bring more money than a pristine C10. You say that, but it just happened. And that's what's wrong with the world. And also, kids are eating laundry detergent now. But <laughs> Another valid point served. But I think Is that what they're serving in the muscle lounge at Barrett Jackson? I think the right person exploiting what your truck is, I guarantee you it would hit six figures. Maybe I need to hire Dennis Collins to, to you know, uh, assist the sale of my truck. It would bring more than another one like it because it's unique, but it's not going to significantly change the value either way. That and 80s Mustangs, there are no one-of-ones. You no. had yeah, I mean, option package 146A. Exactly. Nobody specked out their Mustang different than anyone else. A dealership ordered it, you know. I mean, and they ordered it just like the dealership twenty miles down the road did, you know. I mean, you know, you had some odd ones every once in a while. Was a radio delete car or something like that. But I mean, I'm surprised Dennis didn't hop on the whole uh, the highway patrol cars and stuff like that. I wish he'd hop on '86 Dodge Daytonas. (laughs) I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting. Yeah, if Dennis could pick up on the '77 Oldsmobile Delta 88 Indy Pace Car thing too, that you might want to send him a send him send him a. (laughs) There's only 2,400. I'll shoot him an email if you do too. Yeah, Yeah, I'll send him one. How about helping a brother out? Yeah, I mean, like like, while we're trying to up the value on some things around here, I'm just saying, Dennis, there's only 2,400 of them. But 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 getting we got a little off the subject, and what this is so bad for the market is, is these cars will never catch up to that price ever there's well, another nice 84 well, mustang uh, in this can country I, can I'll i pause you. you for can i pause you for a second because you know what i'm gonna prove your point even though i slightly disagree with it, i'm gonna prove it for you richard rawlings had the number one two firebird the convertible and hardtop car right sold them for i think the number was like right at six hundred thousand dollars at barrett jackson the guy who bought them tried to sell them again, and Richard ended up buying them back at a smooth quarter million, which means he almost made a half a million dollars off these cars and still owns them today. And there's a lot, a lot, a lot of holes in that story with all that. That's A lot of that's what they want you to see. But yes, he did buy them back, and he bought them back cheaper than he paid was paid to restore those cars and sold them. Yeah. But at the end of the day... Well, that, that proves your point. But, but yes, it does. On the back side of it, will that guy ever see $75,000 back out of his car? Never again. That 75, he might as well set it on fire. But on the. On Actually, the, at least you'd have got a cool, like, fire. Like, you could have stayed on, warm on the front with it. side, it proves that the value of newer cars is on the rise and will be continued to be on and the I, rise. And I'm in total agreeance on that right there. I'll tell you what, guys, I said, I'll tell you something else we'll never agree on is all these commercials keep coming in. Well, this is the end of the show, sadly. Oh, man, that's no good at all. I guess we're (laughs) going to wrap it up. Guys, I tell you what, catch us next week, same place, same time. You're listening to Hot Rods and Happy Hour. On 106.3 WORD. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? 
Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.